Happy Wednesday, coaches. I'm telling you, y'all missed it. There was quite a show happening back here. If Les had only turned on his camera, y'all missed Les dancing to Thriller. And it was quite a sight. Uh, but welcome. Welcome, everyone. We are glad that you are here. Uh, it was a little bit scary. That's true. And that is the question of the day. That is something that I threw into the chat box just as a little bit of fun as we're getting into October and Halloween and all that going on. My question was, what part of the coaching process is uh, the thing that thrills you the most? And what part is the scariest? So while you guys are in there, make sure that you're introducing yourselves into the chat box. Move your settings to everyone so that we can all see uh, your comments today. So let us know who you are, where you're from, and then answer that question of the day. That would be great just as we get started today. A little bit of housekeeping notes. Part of Real Talk is we do record these things, and we put up the recordings within your dashboard so you guys can go back to the Real Talk section and look at all the past Real Talks that we've done, or at least the ones that we've uploaded. Uh, so there's quite a bit of a library there that you guys can go back and see those. Also, for those of you that need to drop off or you have client calls or different things that come up and you're not able to watch this whole session today, give us a few days and we'll have that uploaded into the program as well. So you guys can go back and see those. So we want to make sure that that's done. We do love interacting with you guys on these calls as well. And there's always quite a attendance of you guys. So we usually have several hundred coaches on these calls. So make sure that you're communicating with us, participate there in the chat box. You can also send us questions if you do have questions to the Q&A box as well. Uh, we love hearing from you guys through uh, today's call. But Real Talk is a little bit different than the other types of calls that we do in Financial Coach Master Training and in our other programs. This is a panel of coaches all four of us here. So we have the lovely Lisa Barber, Tim Mann, who has forgotten to change his name, and uh, Lesney now, the best dancer of the crew. If you guys beg hard enough in the chat box, you may get to see him pop a few moves here. I don't know, Les, are you up to that? He's, he's, he's laughing. He's probably not going to do it. But maybe, maybe if we get enough people voting for Les to dance, we might get a dance. I don't hear any music. Oh, we could change that. <laughs> All right. I'm getting a little bit of feedback from you, Les. Okay. So uh, today, what is our topic? What are we talking about? Well, Tim had a wonderful a story, a little bit of a proverb that he wanted to start us off on the conversation today. So I'm actually going to toss the the mic as it were over to Tim he's got something that he wants to lead us off in conversation on and then we've got some questions for you guys so it's going to be a fun interactive call with you but Tim kick us off this morning yeah so this sparked with a great conversation I was having uh, with some coaches just yesterday and someone had brought this up and I, I'd heard this a long time ago but it was really interesting to have it brought back and some of you may have heard this before and if you have really take a moment anyway to focus on this and hear the story. Uh, this is an old Chinese parable that's really, really interesting as we start to think about perspective. Uh, but let me read this brief parable to you. An old farmer lives on his farm with his teenage son. He also has a beautiful stallion that he lovingly cares for. The farmer enters his stallion into the annual country fair competition. His stallion wins first prize. 
The farmer's neighbors gather to congratulate him on this great win. He calmly says, who knows what is good and what is bad? Puzzled by this reaction, the neighbors go away. The next week, some thieves who heard about the stallion's increased value steal the horse. When the neighbors come to commiserate with the farmer, they find him again very calm and gathered. He says, who knows what is good and what is bad? Several days later, the spirited stallion escapes from the thieves and finds his way back to the farm, bringing with him a few wild mares he has befriended along the way. To his neighbor's excited round of congratulations, the old farmer once again says, who knows what is good and what is bad? A few weeks later, the farmer's son is thrown off of one of these new mares as he is trying to break it in and his leg is fractured. As the neighbors gather to commiserate with the old farmer, he once again reminds them, who knows what is good and what is bad? The following week, the Imperial Army marches to the village, conscripting all eligible young men for the war that has just broken out. The old farmer's son is spared due to his fractured leg. The neighbors no longer bother to come to the old farmer or congratulate him. By now, they know what his response will be. Who knows what is good and what is bad? Tim, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that leads into even the question we were asking earlier today, what, what thrills you the most and what's scariest? Because that plays into the story that you just read, right? Uh, so often we can get fixated on being so in the weeds in the moment, reacting to the situation at hand, that we forget to zoom back and take a broader view of this, a different perspective, you might say. Uh, coaches, jump in here on this discussion. As we're thinking about and asking our coaches to reflect on things that they want to focus on and what scares them, what's what's happy, what is pleasing, what is thrilling to them about process and working with clients, and what's scary. What do you guys react to that? And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking in two weeks, this coming Saturday, um, I'm thinking that the fault that at least those in the time zones are going to fall back, right? That's when you lose an hour's sleep. It's my wife's worst day of the year because she loves her sleep. Um, she loves it when she gains an hour. Um, but no, we're going to lose an hour of sleep that night. Uh, but when we think back, when we fall back, um, I have this question for everyone as a follow-up to your question, Justin. When in the past have you concerned yourself or worried about something and it never ended up happening? Right? Are we all guilty of that? When have we thought about something, we're overwhelmed about something, even worried about something, and it never did actually occur? So when we think about this season of falling back, um, it's a beautiful year. I mean, beautiful time of year anyway in the fall. Um, but what does falling back tells us about where we are today? Um, what have we learned from the past? That's the question I'd have for everyone. What has the past taught us? Justin, one of the things I'm noticing in the chat box when our coaches are talking about what thrills them and their fears um, and, and how it connects with the parable that Tim shared, what's, what's standing out to me is that both the thrills and the fears are 
results for clients. We have no control over those things. None whatsoever. And so when I think about what thrills me the most, I have to force my mind to think about what thrills me the most. And uh, there is a proverb, and, and I've said it over and over and over again. I feel like it's so relevant to coaching. Is in Proverbs 25, 11, it says that the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so my, what it tells me is that my generosity to stay present with people, to just explore, discover them. See, I think people are just treasures. That everybody has a, just a wild and crazy unique story. None is the same. You, know, we, we, you don't even have, y'all, if you talk to people, you don't have to read a novel. <laughs> uh, God is much more creative than any writer on this earth. And, but, but the thrilling part, that generosity of giving yourself to someone else and to just allow them to talk and, and share their story. And then our prosperity, our prosperity, it's not, it, it might be financially, that might be a result, certainly. But we think about prosperity differently than the proverb does. It refreshes us. We refresh others. We are our, ourselves refreshed. And when I'm refreshed, I, I, I'm not going to be afraid. And if I am afraid, I'm going to be equipped to combat that because fear is a liar. It, 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 it tells us things that are not true. It creates limiting beliefs and, and, and all of the things, imposter moments, whatever we want to call them. Fear will lie to us. We are created to be bold and courageous creatures. Fear does not come from the Lord. And now, have I been in scary places before? Have I been scared so straight that I didn't know how to move or what to do? Or Absolutely. I mean, even in irrational moments, fear took over, right? Or irrationality took over when fear set up. We're not exempt from that kind of thing. But I do have to remind myself that the thrill or the fear, whatever that, it actually comes from the same place. I can, it's, it's how I choose to look at it like the parable, the situation at hand. Just like the parable, I can hold it with an open hand and choose the way that I act, I act to respond in those moments. So the parable goes perfectly with your question about what's thrilling and what's fearful. But I do want to encourage coaches on the call Think it's okay in this moment to think about you. It's all right to think about you, to to be others focused, but also it, it stand strong. Know who you are. Be confident in who you are. Um. Uh. In in y'all, it's it's just about people. We just, we just get to talk to them, discover them, hear their story, read them like a book. It's so much fun. You will be thrilled all the time, and the fear you'll chase it completely away. I like it. I like it. I like that you said it's okay to think about us because that's what they teach us even on an airplane. Put your own mask in, put your own mask on first, and then you can help those around you. And so as coaches, if we're not if we're not the best that we can be, we can't help the clients the best that they need. And so it's absolutely okay to think about us. 
And, and I think that these real talks are for the coaches. So I hope coaches, as you listen, you're taking this for yourself and you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to grow um, with, with ideas and, uh, and, and just, you know, um, maybe inspiration, uh, maybe motivation, uh, maybe just food for thought as we share together on these real talks. Uh, this is about you because the best you is going to the best thing your client needs. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an important thing that we think about and, and highlight uh, along the way um, is we're thinking about like for ourselves and our clients, the fear, right? We, we are in a time of fear and not just because we're in the month of the celebration of it, right? Like we've, we've kind of been living in a celebration of fear for the last couple of years. Uh, we, we live in a celebration of fear because we buy it, we buy into it, we look for it, we celebrate it, we even worship it a lot of times in, in our culture at present. And uh, we look at the number of yard signs in our neighbor's yards that tell us their political persuasion. And I know who a lot of my neighbors are going to vote for, but I don't know their eternal destination. I know who a lot of my neighbors are going to vote for, but I don't know what their pain points are right now. I know who a lot of my neighbors are going to vote for, but I have no idea what silent struggles exist inside of their world that I could help with if I allowed myself to, if I would actually step in and have a real open human conversation with a fellow human being. And that would completely change so many things inside of our world. And we think about where we are right now and we have an election coming up, we have inflation running wild, we have the, just the price of everything from gas to groceries to living expenses is through the roof. I was talking with a coach yesterday who was calling this out. He said, I, I don't have a house note. I don't have a car note. And it's still sometimes difficult at the moment with the way things have gone and pricing to hit all of our goals for the month. If, if I'm struggling to do this without a mortgage, if I'm struggling to do this without a car payment, how in the world are people that are making less than I am with these things doing it? And, and realistically, all we know what a lot of people are doing. They're borrowing more money. They're deepening the hole. They're diving in deeper. They're not buying the things that they need. Uh, it was really interesting. Les sent me an article last week. 90% of Americans believe that we are in the middle of a mental health crisis in the U.S. 90%. Y'all, you can't get 90% of Americans to agree on anything. And yet 90% of Americans agree that we're in the middle of a mental health crisis. Fear is rampant for us as coaches, for our clients that we're serving, for the people that we're here in the midst of. And so this is one of those things that we wanted to take a few minutes today to really stop and think about and understand part of this is there, there are some very real fears, right? And there are some very, very real challenges, but that's not where we're going to stay. It's not even where we're going to focus all of today, but it's an important thing for us to at least take a moment to stop and recognize where it is that we are right now in this moment at this point in history. I saw earlier someone talking about the idea of memory stones, right? One of my favorite uh, things in the Old Testament is what they would call Ebenezer stones. They would set up these monuments at places where they had seen God do things. They would continually tell the story over and over and over and over. 
if you look through the Bible, the number of times you can find these stories shared on repeat to the point where like, why do I have to read the same story again? Because it's a story of God's faithfulness. And when we were reminded repeatedly, look at each and every moment where God has been faithful. When the thing turned out good, even if it took a long time to get there, right? Who knows what is good and what is bad? Well, the creator of all knows what is good and what is bad. And we don't always get it. And we don't always agree with it. And we don't always like it in the moment. But ultimately, every good and perfect gift comes from above. That's what the book of James says. And so to be aware of these things and to mark these moments is one of the greatest things that we can do as we look to move forward. To understand who we are, who God is, and to continually look for that faithfulness and for that different perspective everywhere we get the opportunity to do so. So I think it's important as we're talking about perspective, not only what is going on in our coaches' lives, I also want to hear from everyone on the call. Jump into the chat box. It is your turn to participate. Not that you haven't already. It's hard to keep up with the chat and the real talk, but let's, let's keep it going. What concerns are you hearing from your clients? This is a question that Lisa brought up earlier today, and I, I want to give her credit for that question. But that's a great one to ask. What concerns are you guys hearing from your clients? Take a few minutes and just throw those into the chat box. Lisa, Les, what are you guys hearing? What's going on out there in the world? Wow, y'all. Take a minute and just look at that chat box. Well, I know. I'm loving seeing that come in. Justin, just recently I spoke with a, um, yeah. a young man whose um, neighbor across the street um, I, and I'm talking very recently in the last three weeks committed to suicide. And um, although we can point to finances, you know, the conversation really went very quickly uh, to something more. The, 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 the spouse, surviving spouse, immediately talks about finances. What am I going to do? How, how do I make the right choices? You know, um, and even as he's relaying this to me, because he's helping this, and he's equipped, he can help this family financially through this. As he's relaying this to me, my mind was really diving deeper. Was that what is her real concerns? What what is the real deal? You know, um, I I you know I think about we talked a little bit about dogs this morning in our conversation, right? And um, I was thinking about my, my daughter's German Shepherd, and I, I mentioned that, I, I, honestly, I don't know really what's going on behind the scenes. This dog is incredibly intelligent, but she's still a puppy and she plays, right? And, um, but yet there is an animal inside there, you know, as loving, as sweet as she is, and uh, an extreme intelligence behind all of that a vicious looking dog really. And, um, that's, that's what I'm imagining this, this spouse looking like she's, she, she's superficial right now. You know, the, like this puppy, this, this German shepherd, she's super superficial. We don't know what she's capable of good or bad. We can go back to that 
proverb, right? Good or bad, we don't know what she's capable of. And now I'm thinking about the spouse with all of her concerns and the questions, the superficial questions in her life right now. And the way that I began to talk with the young man was that you got to get beyond that with her. You know, we got to find out what's behind her eyes. The eyes are the window of the soul. But boy, they, she might have some shutters on them, right? On that window. Um, and so listening to the immediate concerns are really important. We see that in the chat box. However, as a coach, we get to discipline ourselves to step back and remind ourselves that what they say is not the real thing. There's more to the story. Those are my first thoughts, Justin, when I'm thinking about my clients right now. Yeah, I agree. That's where my mind went as well. Tim, jump in. Yeah, and, and seeing all the things I'm seeing in the chat box, there's there's a lot of huge themes popping up, right? Of inflation, of the stock market. Is this going to crash? Is it going to look like that scene in uh, It's a Wonderful Life where the banks are closed and there's no money to be had and, and everyone's losing everything left and right? And uh, y'all, I, I can't count how many times in the last eight-ish years that I've been coaching that I've heard people asking these questions, that I've heard people asking the questions of, should I pull everything out and convert it to gold? Should I pull everything out of the market? Uh, I'm going to lose everything. The market's going to crash. The sky is going to fall. Inflation is running wild. Things are too expensive. I, I can't do anything. Uh, I, I just saw one of these, the, the impossibility of living debt-free in times like these now. And one of the things that I find, for one, is that a lot of us keep seeing the same thing. Like the overall, like this theme is popping up over and over and over and over and over in the chat box. It, it's a pattern. It's a habit. It's a theme. It's something we're all seeing, we're all feeling. And it's one of the things that we as coaches get to help people challenge their perspectives on. We, we get to do this. Because if you've been around a little while, on this planet, then you've seen that lots of crazy stuff has happened. Right? And I love that statement of in times like these, you know, times like these are the things that motivate us to do something different. When everything is going well, when you can make all the payments and still buy all the stuff you want. And again, pick up the sarcasm I'm laying down there, but when you can afford everything you want and still make the payments, nobody's really convinced that this is the time to do something about it. People begin to do something to change their situation when they get angry enough about their situation not being what it is. And, and so, y'all, what we're experiencing right now in this time, in this moment in history, is a perfect opportunity for motivation if we let it be. And this goes back again. Who knows what is good and what is bad? What if the good of a high inflation, crazy market, terrible stock market, what if the good of all of these things is that it actually is the moment that begins to push people to think differently and to think, okay, I am here. I don't like being here. What do I need to do to make sure I never am here ever again? This is a motivator. If we let it be. Who knows what is good and what is bad? Yeah, Tim, one of my favorite comments, uh, as we were seeing all those lists of things go up, and I apologize, I didn't get to see who it was, but one coach called out, sounds like we've got a lot of work to do, right? There is no lack of opportunity. 
the the harvest is rich at the moment for those workers that are willing and able and go into the field. Um, Les, I want you to jump in here in just a second, but all these concerns that all the coaches just put into the chat box, they're real. Mm -hmm. These are real things. But what about underneath these concerns about inflation, money issues, not having enough? Let's go, let's go a little level deeper at this point. Yeah. Is my microphone working? Okay. I've been playing around with this system and didn't seem like it was. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah. I I like the fact that somebody even said, this is nothing new, that this is something and interesting. uh, Tim and I did a, a talk on a webinar yesterday about inflation. And we were discussing the idea that this is nothing new, that, when you see the numbers we're seeing today, these are the same numbers and even worse 40 years ago. Now, a lot of people on this call probably don't remember that. <laughs> uh, you two might be two of them. <laughs> but I remember because I bought a home back in 1984 uh, at uh, 14% interest. Can you imagine somebody purchasing a home 14% interest? I did that. Um, and I was so happy a couple of years later to refinance at 10%. And we were doing cartwheels that we were getting 10% instead of 14. This is something that happened and it's cyclical, right? It, it's something that just comes in cycles. And so we're going to be okay. This is why I kind of like to look at the past. We always look at the past as well. Don't get stuck in the past, right? Always have your vision going forward. And we're going to talk about forward vision. And that's really important, but at the same time, what can we learn from the past? We can learn that the past isn't done deal, right? There's always a better tomorrow. And so these things are like roller coasters. We know that, especially with the stock market. I mean, we know that eventually the stock market's gonna roar and people are gonna be going, well, eventually it's gonna correct itself, right? I mean, we're making a ton of money, right? Right now it's hard to see that because the stock market is, you know, last couple of days haven't been too bad, honestly, been pretty good. But I believe that there's gonna be a bottom and you can even speak about this, Justin. I mean, there's going to be a bottom at some point. Now, I was reading an interesting article. Um, I don't remember even, I don't, I don't know who put it out there, but they were saying no one can know for sure what the bottom is. You just never can know for sure as an investor. Because the reason I say Justin is, you know, those of you who don't know, Justin used to do that professionally as a professional investor. You never really know the bottom. But guess what? Most are agreeing that we're close. <laughs> that it eventually has got to start going back up. I mean, and when you look at 80, 90 years of history, eventually it's got to go back up. And uh, if it doesn't go back up, we're all in a whole different world. <laughs> if it never turns around and goes back up, um, investors will tell you that. Uh, but the reality is I like to look back. I like to look back for the reason of knowing that things are going to course correct. That's the way our economy is built. And there's no magic timing as far as what's going to be eight months. It's going to be 12 months. It's going to be 24 months. We don't know that, right? But we do know that eventually we'll look back and go, boy, remember back in 2020, you know, how bad things were. I think we're going to be able to look back and know that that's just part of the past. So we have to keep for ourselves our own sanity and understanding that this is part of a cycle. 
but we also have to help our clients from their own fears. Because a lot of them may not experience, a lot of them may not remember even looking past, you know, what it was 40 years ago. And inflation was even higher than it was today. But then we got back to where it was 2.7, 2.8% inflation after that. And so I, I just, I like the past to help remind me, Justin, that it doesn't have to stay this way. And it most likely is not going to stay this way. And so there is something to say it makes sense to look forward and still have vision because it's not always going to be this bad. And so I, I think it's perspective. I think it comes down to one thing, perspective. And that, and that can go deep because we have reasons why we feel like we do. Fears come for reasons. But for the same reason we have fear, we have to have the same reason of understanding that things are going to turn around. We don't know exactly when, but things are going to turn around. We have to help our clients understand that too. But we're feeling, we have to know that our clients are feeling the same things. Well, unless I threw this in the chat box, well, you said it's not always going to be this bad. Certainly, it could be worse. Right? As <laughs> bad the as pessimist. Like, <laughs> well, but also, if you expect that, it, it'll change things, right? It, it, it will not always be this good. It will not always be this bad. It is always going to change. And again, one of the things that we've got to personally start with so that we can help our clients get here as well is to start to think about what are those things for which I'm actually in control. Mm-hmm. If I can focus on the things in which I am in control, then and only then can I begin to move the needle in my own life. There's plenty of things, by like almost everything, that is purely in God's control. It's not in any of our control. It's not in control of the politicians or the economy or the articles or any of those things. It is purely up to God. I can't control that. So I can either waste my time worrying about it and borrowing Mm -hmm. anxiety from the future, or I could say, God's got that. What has God left me to control? What has God put in front of me and said, you are my servant. I'm going to give you these things to manage. And what are those things that when he comes back to look at what he's given me, I can say, look at where I've doubled this, right? There's this great parable of these three servants who are each given a certain amount of money by the man they work for. And he goes off on a trip. And when he comes back, he goes to the first one and says, what have you done with what I gave you? He said, see, you've given me five of these. I've went and doubled it. And now you have 10. He says, congratulations, because you have been faithful with much, you will be given much more to manage. And the second guy steps up. He said, see how you gave me two and I doubled it. And now you have four. And and he says, again, well done, faithful servant, because you've been faithful with these things, I will give you even more to manage. And the third guy steps up and said, I buried it. I hid it in the dirt. I did nothing with it, but at least you still have what you gave me. And the, the boss says, you wicked, wicked person. You could have at least tossed it in the bank and got me interest. And in this environment, that's not a lot of money. Uh, But he said, you could have at least done something and you did nothing. Take what he has and give it to the one who has 10 to manage. It's the same thing. We have a passion. We have a hope. We have a skill set. God has given us things to manage. And we need to, we, me included, need to start with the focus on what are those things that God has given me control over and where can I focus my energy on those things instead of focusing my energy on all the things I can't control. Because when I focus my energy on things I can't control, I get nowhere. And so I, I love the discussion of thinking about the future. 
I love uh, Patty had mentioned this earlier and uh, I know Justin was going to take us down this rope, but she said, Hey, a couple months coming. We'll be in the new year. Why wait for two and a half months to the new year to start making some changes in your world? <laughs> That's why we're talking about it today. Well, I, I think this is a good point here. And I, uh, Les, I love that you spent a lot of time focusing on, I love looking at the past, but there can be a danger when you're only looking at the past because mm -hmm. we can get stuck in patterns that may not mm -hmm. work, right? There's uh, Who Moved My Cheese, a wonderful book, right? Uh, and stuff happens, right? Economies change. I saw an interesting fact, uh, folks, especially for those of you coaches that work with uh, millennials and the younger generations, this may be the first recession economy they've ever mm -hmm. had to deal with as an adult in mm -hmm. the working world. How well positioned are you to help give people perspective? But there can be a danger in looking to the past too much and only looking to the past. There can be a danger in only focusing on the present because then you get stuck in the cycles, the, the news cycles, the, the fear mongering, all the different things that are happening right now, the emergency, the urgent, the attention grabbing. There's also a danger in only looking to the future, right? That people like that get, get accused of being a dreamer, someone who only dreams, but never brings those dreams, that vision to fruition. So I do want to caution us as we're looking to the past to see what's gone on before so we can learn from it. The president, not the president, the present to give us clarity on what is going on right now. What are the real issues that our clients and ourselves as coaches are focused on right now? Because those are valid. Those are real. But let's not get stuck in those two places. Let's also bring in our vision for the future. Let's bring in our goals for the future. And Tim, I love that you called that out. You don't have to wait for some magic date on January 1st to start setting goals for what you want for the future. This is something that we talk about in our development calls in FCMT, setting your vision for your coaching practice. So Lisa, I know you wanted to jump in here on vision. And maybe this is a time that we, we spend a few moments reminding our coaches to remember their vision, remember what they got into coaching for, maybe it's time to revisit those and make some tweaks, make some adjustments. Les, Lisa, you guys jump in here. Let's talk about yeah. vision. Let's talk about the future. I love that. Um, Justin, a, a, a coach asked me, I was sharing with you all this morning recently, um, you know, as a new coach, um, even taking me back years now, uh, what, um, what, what did you not do enough of? I think is exactly how the, the question was posed. What did you not do enough of? And the second, almost piggybacking on it, what do you see new coaches, newer coaches like me, not do enough of? And I said, I don't, I don't think it's whether you're new or not, but here's the response I have. You don't dream big enough. We, we, we don't, we, we don't just sit with our creator and, uh, and be creative and just say, what could be, what are possibilities? If anything is going to produce hope in our lives, it's that because hope is a person. It's not just a thing. It's, it's pointing us back to 
you know, the glory of God and what, what he, what he sees us as and what we, what we, he, he sees all of our potential. Like you see your client's potential. Imagine the potential potential he sees in you. And of course, in your clients, anybody and everybody. And um, so to just sit and dream a little bit, right. And, and I understand that that vision comes from somewhere, right. It starts with a dream. Um, you, I've got journal upon journal of dreams and things I love and hope for and, and want to see. And, you know, I'd be willing to bet that if I went back through those, I would see more of those dreams having come true, created a vision from and followed through with. than I realized because you know what? A vision doesn't necessarily have to be come to completion, or at least this is the way I feel. It doesn't necessarily, in, in it's what's true in my life, come to fruition because I was completely and totally intentional. Let me tell you exactly what I mean about that. I didn't choose coaching. It chose me. Anybody understand what I'm saying with that? Right? I had a whole different idea what my life might be at the age of that I am today. I almost said how old I am. I guess it's all right. I wouldn't mind that, but it, it, I, I had a different idea. You know, I had a couple of children that chose me. I, I didn't mean to get pregnant when I got pregnant with them. You know, uh, I, I've had a lot. I didn't mean for my husband to choose me, but he did. Thank God. You know, um, Christ pursued me. Y'all, it started with him, not me. You know, so to dream and determine what that might look like and uh, get excited and jazzed up and energized that thrill again, you know, um, I, I feel like that's the place to start is we're thinking about what we're going to do in January, first quarter of next year. Um, it, it's got to start with, with dream, dreaming a little bit. I had a coach one time uh, coaching me and he challenged me to think of, he said, just get your journal, Lisa, and write down 100 crazy wild things you want to do and accomplish. Just big dreams. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I'm a dreamer. I, I got, I wasn't even halfway through and I started getting stuck. You want to know why I was stuck? Justin is what I did was I started trying to figure it all out. I got stuck because I just started instead of just staying in a dream place, I called him and I was really angry. I was going to use another word, but I'm not going to. I was really angry. Uh, I mean, like I can feel the anger right now. I was so angry. And he was like, just write down. You're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I was like, well, I'm never climbing Mount. Just write it down. So I wrote it down. I want y'all to know this is what I'm talking about here. About three years later, um, kids were growing up and, and, um, I had a little more Lisa time, things I could do that I love to do. So I've always loved to hike. I love nature. My husband, I love being in the outdoors. So I started hiking again and it dawned on me one day, y'all, as I'm climbing up the side of a, just a hill here in the middle of Tennessee, it wasn't, it wasn't a mountain. I thought, because I was at peace with God in that moment, I thought, this is my Mount Kilimanjaro. See the dream became a reality because I was obedient and because I was open-minded to see the possibilities and to dream some more. Now that's the, that's, that's part of who God is, right? We are created in his image. So I need to embrace that. And ultimately I'm going to become the coach I want to be. And ultimately I'm going to become 
the, the coach my client needs me to be. Because it's not that part of it's not about me. It's the first part that was about me. Right. And the result is who I serve. Les, I want you to jump in, but coaches don't miss that. There was something so key in what Lisa said. When she started moving towards solutions, trying to figure it out, that's when her visioning, her dreaming got stuck. When you are working on your dream, when you're working on building vision, stay in wonder as long as you can. That's the time for just wondering. It's not the time for solutions. You'll figure it out later. It is really funny. Uh, so one of my favorite comedies, because it made me laugh way too hard, uh, is a movie called Dinner for Schmucks. Uh, it's got Paul Rudd and uh, Steve Carell in it. Absolutely hilarious. And there's this great moment where Steve Carell's character, uh, having been hit by a car, uh, is now befriending the guy that hit him with the car. And they're having these conversations. And he misquotes that famous song uh, by John Lennon. He says, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. And then he doesn't finish the line. Just, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. Y'all, the number of times that we hear ourselves as coaches say that hurts my soul. And, and Lisa and Les and Justin, I know we've heard this from many coaches. I got into this because I love numbers. I got in this because I love budgets. I got into this because of whatever these different things. And none of those things are, are a problem. The problem is where we cease to dream where we cease to think about the things that could be and might be and maybe if only something looked a little bit different. And y'all, when we cease that dream, we lose our opportunity to create change and help and hope. The, the thing that will happen come through the dream. So one of the things, learn how to dream again. Okay. Think back to when you were a kid and you weren't focused only on learning about the things that may actually be. In fact, if you need to go talk to a small child, find the child in your life where it's not going to be creepy to go have a conversation and go talk to a small child about their understanding of the world. Right? And, and what do they think things are? And what do they believe the size of things to be and the scope of things to be? And y'all to step in with that wonder, to step in with that childlike, oh my goodness, the world is so full of possibility. Because what happens is as we get older, we stop dreaming because we forget that the world is full of possibility and we think of the world as full of pain. Because we get beat down, we go through loss and tragedy and trauma and all the different things that hurt us and break us down. And we live there and we cease dreaming. But coaches, if we want to be effective, if we want to be impactful, if we want to be transformational, we can't stop dreaming. So whether that's a dream journal, whether that's a dreaming group, if, if you need to put together an accountability group who you account, you hold each other accountable to dreaming, do it. Right? Whatever it is that you need to do, because when the dream dies, the coaching will follow it. We can't stop learning how to dream. A lot of times when we're talking about the now, because we're talking about the past, we're talking about the now, and then having the vision to look forward. Um, all through the years, I know you coaches have probably had the same experience. All through the years, I've had other coaches ask me, Les, how do I get my clients to make the sacrifices needed 
you know, how do I get clients to make the right decisions for themselves? How do I get, how do I get, how do I get? Well, we know that we don't convince our clients of anything, first of all, right? It's not our job to convince anybody of anything as a coach, right? What I've always needed to do, and I've shared with the coaches over the years, is I've helped the clients have that vision that we're discussing here. If they have a vision, and the way that comes out a lot of times is simply, and you know the, the, the famous coaching question, what do you want? That question, coaches, will get your clients to start having a vision. What do you want? And you'll be uh, surprised, maybe not surprised, but a lot of times you will get a couple with complete different wants. <laughs> and, you know, when I don't like to use the word retirement because retirement, a lot of people poo-poo that and go, oh, I'm not going to retire. I'm never going to retire. You know, it's almost like a pompous thing, right? But I'll, I'll word it differently. I'll say, say, help me understand what do you want? What, what do you see your lives looking like when you're not depending later in life, when you're not depending on a full-time career for your lifestyle. So we know that's retirement, but some people don't like to use that word. So I'll just word it that way. And they'll just start painting a picture. Guess what that is? That's having a vision. That's dreaming. And maybe they've never done that before. And then it's real easy once you get there, it's real easy to ask them, do you think you're preparing the best you can to achieve that dream you just defined? You just kind of painted for us. And you can easily, as a coach, walk them through to the point where they've got decisions to make. Because guess what? What, what age do you want to achieve that, achieve that dream? Well, they might say 65. How much do you think, just kind of wet finger in the wind, how much do you believe that lifestyle will cost you when you're 65? And they might come up with a number, you know, $5,000, whatever, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, as a coach, you can do some real quick math and you can just say, okay, so it, it, it sounds like based on what you've done thus far, you'll probably be closer to 70 to 75. Or it sounds like you probably are not going to be able to have 5,000 at that point. They have an option at this point now, and it doesn't have to be convincing by you at all. You're just simply reflecting the reality of what they're dreaming told you as a coach and told them in the reality as they're dreaming their dream tells us right now they're not positioned financially to achieve their dream now as a coach you simply help them what are our options at this point we can set our dream further back be older when we achieve it or we can settle for less of a dream income or resources at that time or guess what we could do we could adjust things today to help us achieve that dream. And so the reality is the dreaming, and I'm so glad we're talking about it, the dreaming as coaches with clients, especially the dreaming can really help us help them achieve that dream. Because then you come back to today. You've got, again, we learned from the past, we have today, we have the, the, the future, we have the dreaming, but the dreaming can help us focus on what we need to do today. And so we don't get stuck in, well, we just can't, or we just, you know, well, we just, no, you have a dream. What's, how important is it to you to achieve your dream? 
It's a real good visionary thing as a coach to help our clients understand the importance of the dream. And then how do we achieve, how do we achieve the dream? I, I wanted to read something else as you're talking about this dream less, um, unless you might remember this, uh, the thing I'm about to read is from an email that I sent to Les <laughs> years ago. He threatened me. <laughs> well, this is not the threat. That was that oh, was, that was verbal. Okay. Uh, I don't write. You don't write the threats down, Les. You got to learn better than that. Um, but y'all, I, I wanted to share this as we're talking about dreaming. You, you've heard Dave's story in inside. And for those, well, if you haven't got to lesson fourteen yet, you're going to get to hear about Dave's story and, and the things that he wrote and what would eventually become Financial Peace University. Um, and so this is a, a brief excerpt from a email that I had written to less than several people in leadership of the coaching team uh, a while back. And just listen to this snippet, listen to this dream here for a second. My goal is to move to the Nashville area within the next one to two years, and ideally to join the team at Ramsey Solutions uh, as part of our transition down there. The goal with Ramsey Solutions will be functioning as a key player in creating, training, and supporting a network of Ramsey Solutions trained financial coaches around the country. Specifically, this would involve creating, developing, and implementing trainings for ongoing improvement and coaching at different levels, in addition to offering supports and extra guidance, as well as consulting with financial coaches once they're in the field. I would be available to work with coaching clients directly as well. Y'all, I sent that email July 30th, 2015. My start date on the team at Ramsey Solutions was April 30th, 2018. Almost three years later. Y'all, this is what allows dreaming to be so important. This is why we get so passionate about the dream. And, and, and if we were to ask, and we may even do this, I, I may, I, no one's uh, planned this, but I may ask it anyway, to, to hear the dream that brought Lisa here to hear the dream that brought Les here, to hear the dream that brought Justin here. But one of the things for us to realize is there is a dream that has brought us here. There is a thing that has been placed inside of you that has sent you on this path. And to have some clarity around that dream. And by the way, if you caught the times on there, my goal, one to two years from 2015, I didn't succeed in that time frame. The dream took longer than I expected. What if I had just said, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I tried my one to two years. It didn't happen. I'm leaving. Well, then I'm not here. We're not having these conversations. I'm not doing the thing that God put in my dream to do. So being aware of those things and, and y'all, like, this is one of the important things is to focus on what is that dream and, and keep the evidences of it. Now, I still have that email because that's the dream. Figure out that dream and chase after it. Before we move on, I, I want to wrap back from what Les said there, because I, I think he hit on, uh, again, a key point. This is a skill that coaches can be excellent at. And so do some analyzing on yourself to see, do, do I have a deficiency in this skill? Here's the skill. Helping our clients develop a picture, a vision. Because mm -hmm. most of the time when you ask a client for the first time, that question that Les said, what do you want? You're going to get a very generic, simple statement that's not really well-defined. I like to look at it in terms of like a low-resolution picture. And my job as a coach is to help get it to a high resolution. With a lot more pixels. Color in the lines. Add some more detail to that. And the way I do that as a coach is by asking probing questions, seeking clarification. 
not telling, this is not my vision, but pulling those details out of our clients. And then the twist that I like to add to the end of that process is I say, okay, now that you've worked on this skill to help others do that, coaches do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because where you lack vision as a coach, how are you going to do the hard things that are required of a coach to be able to help and impact the lives that we want to impact? Just like we ask our clients, like Les was talking about, do the hard work because you said your vision was this. It was vague. We got a little bit more clear. We're going to have to make some adjustments to make that dream a reality. Are you willing to do the work? This is stuff that we ask our clients to do every single day to do the hard work, to achieve their goals. The same is true for you. So if you don't have that clear vision, start working on it. Like Tim said earlier, why wait till New Year's? Do it today. Yeah. Do it this week. I got to tell you, I got to tell you the true story of what happened with Tim. So he, he threatened me on the phone and said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I will be working alongside you in two years. And I said, oh, cool. He goes, no, I, I'm serious. Um, I'm going to be there in two years. Well, it took him almost three, as you just heard. So I call him my favorite sloth. He just took his time. So, <laughs> And yet, literally working beside you. <laughs> he, 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 he did. He cast that vision for himself. He had that dream and, and he did fulfill it. Um, I have fun with it, but um, it's been, it's been great. Um, gee, where do we go here? We got uh, five, six more minutes. Justin, where do you want to go? <laughs> to lunch. <laughs> All right, Murray. I'm with Murray <laughs> to lunch. I've been dreaming. Y'all, I've got some brisket left over from the weekend. I've been dreaming and visioning about how I'm going to sink my teeth into that brisket. Ooh. Uh, no, it's not Justin's treat to the rest of the team. It's Justin's treat to himself because I didn't bring enough to share with the rest of the coaches. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, wow. that's so good. That's nice. You, you know, I would, I really would love to end this call, the last five minutes, uh, focused away from, our, from the clients and focused back on us, the coaches. Because Les, I think you did a great job, and Lisa, you did too earlier in the call, talking about it's okay to think about and spend time on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So Les, Lisa, you guys jump in here for a second. I want to hear from you two, specifically on this one. What are some permissions Permissions might not be the right word, but I'm going to go with it. What are some permissions that our coaches might need to hear from us here on the panel that it's okay for them to do? Because mm. there may be some limiting beliefs that our coaches feel as blockers. Well, uh, I'm going to take a chance here and share what I used to share when I was a pure liaison years ago. And I would get calls all day from coaches like these coaches. and they had access to me and I was it. That was the whole program back then. So it's like program has definitely got better, but I would get so many coaches that would call me and say, 
they'd be hyperventilating. Less, I, I can't, and, and less people won't, and, and less this, and, and it's not working. And, and I would just, I'd let them go for a little bit, and then I would just say, stop, take a breath, calm down. <laughs> and I would actually hear him over the phone. That was before video and all this, right? So, and I would hear, you know, and I'm like, okay, I want to give you maybe the best advice you could hear right now. It's okay to slow down. <laughs> it's okay to slow down. You don't have to conquer this thing today, tomorrow, next week. It's okay to slow down. Now, you can still dream and you can have plans in place, but you don't have to accomplish anything. In a, even if you don't hit the goal, it took Tim from two to almost three years. He's still here, though. He still is successful, right? So coaches, it's okay to slow down and work on yourself. It's okay to not necessarily save the world at the expense of your own personal growth. So it's okay to slow down and make sure that you are the best that you can be so that you and your clients are successful. It's okay to slow down. Yeah, I, I like that slow down, Dustin, where because it's we do live in a fast paced world. You know, it is moving on. Hey, how many ever been asked on this call where you, hey, how, well, how, how was your weekend or what did you do on the weekend? I have to literally stop and think there was a weekend. What? What do you mean? I think I just did Friday. Right. Just left work. It just moves. The world moves so fast. And, um, you know, when I, I grew up in the city, but yet that that moved out into the country when I when I left home um, long, long time ago. And I've lived in the country ever since. And, you know, there is something about a time piece that I'm thinking to myself, if I get to heaven and there's a clock, I'm probably not in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's something about being out in the country that, you know, the farmers, they work sun up to sun down. But, you know, in the wintertime, the days are shorter. It's for a reason. It's because the, the world is going into a rest period. But you know what? We're about to enter into a, the busiest seasons of our lives. Right. Let's just be aware of all of that. Just acknowledge that. Um between the 31st of October and the 31st of December, right? So the slow down thing, Les, that's, that's priceless, honestly. And giving yourself permission to do that because we might go, ooh, y'all are ambitious people. Y'all, we talked about ambition overload not too long ago, right? We're ambitious people. We are running to the end, running to the end. And we are, we're sprinting, we're racing, we're competing with other people, we're competing with ourselves. You know, it's slowing it down and just saying, Lord, give me your perspective here, right? I had a dream one time um, and I had a friend tell me what they thought it meant. That's biblical, right? I didn't know what it meant. It had to be revealed to me. But I was on a track and I'm running and somebody's yelling from, it's like a, a football track, you know, we're going around the football field totally silent. Nobody's in there, but I keep hearing this voice. Lisa, come on, come with me, get off the track, get off there. And my response was, there's no finish line. There wasn't, there wasn't a line for me to cross, but yet I wasn't weary or I wasn't tired. I just kept running. 
I just kept pacing. And what I realized is that the voice was the enemy. But yet while I was on the track, there was peace, there was energy, there was focus. I was pacing with Christ himself. And that's a great reminder. And, you know, look at his example of leadership, right, in these areas. He he slowed down. He took time. He spent time with people when it seemed like it was off the beaten path. He wasn't racing to convert souls. He knew his mission. You're not racing to convert clients. Know your mission. And the mission began with a dream, y'all. And be careful. Sometimes we don't need to know the answer. The answer might just put us back in that fear state. Hold things like the parable at the beginning with an open hand. And and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Slow it down. We need to be able to hear the right voices, not the one that was calling me off the track. Right? I threw this in the chat box, but I think it's important that we remember this as well with what Lisa is saying. Y'all, the time frame is the least important part of a dream. The, the time frame exists for one purpose, and that's to cause us to act on it, to give ourselves something to do, or we'll just let a dream be a dream forever that never becomes reality. But that's the least important part. So I love what Lisa said. Slow down. Take some time to look at the moment you're in. Remember. It could get worse than this. It could get better than this. But instead of focusing on just that, what is the moment? What is the the lesson in the moment? How am I preparing for the next moment? And what am I dreaming after? What am I heading towards? What is the thing that God has put in front of me that God has for me to do? What is that work that he has created and specifically placed me here for at such a time as this to have an impact on the people that he's put me here to have that impact on? So spend some time this week, y'all. Write your dreams. Pay attention to those things. Share your dreams with people that will share with you, that will encourage you, that will hold you accountable to those things. Right? When I wrote that email, I didn't just write that on a card and, and stick it somewhere where it went nowhere. I sent it to people who could help me make that dream a reality or who could kick me in the teeth and challenge me to do an even better dream. Right? But find a way to go after that. Well, this is what we get to. I've seen some of you saying, sharing your own tragedies and the things that have caused you to slow down and think differently and look at the world differently. Y'all control what you can control. Most importantly, focus on what God has control of because he's got it. When I say focus on it, I mean, focus on giving that control up. That's one of the biggest things my wife and I have been learning over the last year is to learn to live less and less like this and more and more like this when it comes to not just our money, that's something we're already doing, but everything in our lives. We can hold everything with the open hand because it all belongs to God anyway. It takes away a lot of the fear, takes away a lot of the anxiety, and allows us to really go after a dream. So thanks for jumping in. Thanks for being here today. Uh, as always, we're going to get the recording up and uh, so you can check that out. We would love to have you check that out. Uh, watch your emails and such for the upcoming dates uh, for November and December. We're going to get those out here. And uh, keep jumping in on these. We'd love to have these conversations with you. As always, if there's additional things that we can do to help, do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, our email, coach.chat at ramseysolutions.com. Uh, thank you for all the kind words and encouragements throughout the chat box to us, to each other. 
Um, thank you for being here for yourselves, y'all. This is why we're here. Uh, God bless y'all. Have a great rest of your week. Talk to y'all soon.